You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 550. All four of these things come down to you're not building rapport, you are building a bit of a relationship, but the ultimate rapport is collaboration. Mm -hmm. This is collaboration. He's getting it to the point. He's asking all of these questions so you can be on the same team. Where are the puzzle pieces? What is the puzzle supposed to look like? Can I help you assemble the puzzle? Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do with the puzzle when it's all done? Right. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hey guys, welcome to part two of The Simple Secret to converting more leads into more deals uh, with Brent Daniels and Pace Mori. Now, if you haven't already listened to part one, I strongly encourage you to stop this podcast right now and go back and listen to part one. And part one, Pace shared three ways to turn your existing leads into deals that was just completely next level stuff. And in part two, Pace is going to give you an outline on how to make money from almost any lead in your database, which is insane. And that is the thing because Pace shares exactly how to profit in almost any situation. So whether you are wholesaling or flipping or just a buyer, you are going to walk away from this episode with a complete roadmap on how to creatively profit from almost any situation and do all this while adding massive value and helping as many people as you possibly can. So enjoy. All right, let's go to this because I think this is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful way to get somebody to make a decision to work with you or not work with you. And it is this line. I want everybody to write this down. If you're listening to this, what will it take blank, right? right? What will it take? So I mean, you use this all the time. Every appointment, every Every conversation, everything. It's like, okay, well, what will it take for you to get there? I might say that one line five different times about a different topic in the same conversation, but I'm never making a suggestion. Now, if they say, well, I I go, what will it take if blah, blah, blah? I might throw a what if. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right? What if this? Even like pricing wise, somebody goes, well, I don't know. What do you think? And I go, well, hypothetically, not saying that this would be my number, but what if somebody offered you 180 grand? Yeah. Would you move forward with something like that? Oh, no, I would need... Okay, so now you're opening the conversation up. What mm-hmm. if, The words what if and what will it take kind mm-hmm. of accompany each other. Sure. So what will it take is a question where essentially go back to the puzzle. I now have assembled, catch me up to speed. I now know where all the pieces are. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? I now have a picture, right? So I'm holding up this picture and I know what these pieces are supposed to look like. I now am asking the seller, what will it take for me to be able to participate in this puzzle? Mm -hmm. That's essentially what I'm asking. I want to be on your team. I want to help you assemble this. What will that take? Right. Right? So the seller then says, well, I don't know. They'll say either I don't know or I want this number or a blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is, I then deviate from that and I start asking other questions. Well, and that leads to this. And I want to stay on this just a second because I think that, you know, if they say, I don't know, there's that, that leads us into the fourth tool that I want to give on this podcast. 
But, you know, what will it take? I think is it's that if then, right? Mm-hmm. If, if this happens, then what do you want to do? If this right. happens, if, if, if somebody came and offered you, and I love how you did that. You didn't say, if I offered you 185. I never, I'm non-committal the whole time. Right. I'm, I'm consultant. Right. Right. Yeah. How do you stay that way? How do you not just go for the close? You know what I mean? Well, so maybe what I'll do is one of the recordings I'll share is I'll, I'll share on last Thursday, the first call, I made 50 calls for my students. We locked up seven contracts in like a five-hour time frame. It was really, really good. The first call was the sell. I go, so what will it take at blah, blah, blah? And she tells me the number. I go, okay, so assuming I could come up to that number, yeah. what would be the next step? Yeah. That's my close. What would be the next step? What's the next step? What she would said, be the next step? She says, well, I guess we, yeah, exactly. That's it. So I go, assuming. That's it. Again, non-committal. Yeah. Right? I go, non-committal. I go, assuming somebody could come up to that number, maybe mm-hmm. me or my partners, mm-hmm. what would be the next step? Yeah. And she says, well, I guess you just need to send me the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I go, perfect. So I'm going to have Rochelle call you right now. We'll get this thing done. And then what you're going to hear is you're going to hear from my title company. Great. Thank you so much. Off the phone. Love it. That was the close. Love it. Right? And people make it way more complicated than it really is. I never committed to her still on that number. Yeah. Which was funny. But when she says, I'd be good to go at 180, I'd be amazing way to close because people feel like, wow, this is great. I don't feel like I was pushed. I don't feel like it was this. Assuming I could come up to that number is also an amazing line because Mm -hmm. I'm saying come up to the number, which essentially is telling you that's way higher than what my number would normally be. Yep. And sometimes that, is, that creates a psychological seed in their mind of like, I go, well, assuming somebody could come up to 180, mm-hmm. up to, mm-hmm. not pay, assuming somebody could pay 180 is not the way to say it. Right. Come up to mm-hmm. 180, mm-hmm. which means my number is way below that. Yep. I'm not going to tell you what that number is, but it's way below that. However, if you really want to move forward at 180, I'll see either, either my partners are okay with it or maybe... I can help you find a buyer to do that. Yeah. And there's been times where a seller just won't budge on a number. I go, well, why don't you just let me help you find a buyer? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, I, I like working with you. What will it take for you to buy my house? I go, honestly, you don't want to know my number. Right. I'm so far below that number that I would rather just help you try and find a buyer. Not saying I can, but I'd rather try and help you find a buyer. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to me in the same conversation and they go, no, I, like I honestly, I just want to move forward with you. What is it going to take, guys? I've already, I've already gotten all their puzzle pieces. Uh-huh. They've, they have a breath of fresh air because now they're not hiding anything from mm-hmm. me, lying to me, or anything. It's like we're best friends. Mm-hmm. I have all the pieces. I know the their whole whole story. They don't want to have to go to the next person and tell that whole story all over again, paint the picture of what they're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and go through the whole rigmarole mm-hmm. because everybody else they've talked to doesn't care about all this stuff. Right. I'm already deeply embedded. This. Yep is not just a great way to have a conversation. This is also a great way to be so deeply embedded in their mind as the only person they want to work with that when you say, I'm not a buyer at 180, Mm -hmm. they then start chasing you and they say, Mm -hmm. well, where would you need to be? I go way below that. And then they start saying, okay, well, I could probably talk to my sister and see if we could do 160. I go, okay. So assuming I could come up to 160, still, Come up to 160, even though we've dropped them 20 grand. Mm -hmm. Jamil has watched me do this live in person. Like we did it in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. We go to an appointment for a a random guy on Instagram goes, I've got an appointment in Pennsylvania. Will you go? So I go. So we go to this appointment. It's in person in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania of all places. Mm -hmm. And the guy who set the appointment says, I've had four conversations with this guy. He won't give me his price. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could ever negotiate with him. But my buyer wants this property. I go, great. Let me go. 
Within 40 seconds, I had the price and yeah. I had dropped him $60,000. So this is how it, it happened. Yeah. Seller, go, I go, so what are you trying to accomplish? Right? Or I, no, what I said is I said, catch There's me up no to speed. speed. He says, well, we've been talking and negotiating. I go, great. What number did you guys settle on? Yeah. He goes, oh, well, we haven't talked about numbers. I'm like, okay, well, would you want somebody to call you off of Craigslist to call you about a, a car and talk to you about the tires and the steering wheel and the seat and all that kind of stuff and never talk about price? He's like, no, and I go, let's talk about price. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I want you to make an offer. Okay. I go, okay, go back to Craigslist. Do you want to put a car on Craigslist and tell people, make me an offer? Yeah. Or would you rather at least set your price knowing that maybe you're a little unreasonable so somebody's going to come underneath where you actually want to be? Yeah. He goes, yeah, of course. I go, then why are you selling a house that's way, worth way more yeah. the same way that you wouldn't even sell a car? Where are you trying to be? Mm-hmm. Give me the unreasonable number. So he gives me an unreasonable number. It's like 140, which was retail. Mm-hmm. I go, perfect. So after you sell with a real estate agent at 140, so I'm like now planting a seed that that's a retail number right. without saying, well, that's retail and blah, 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 blah. I go, perfect. So if you sold with a real Because you're confirming and approving. You're right. not causing that friction. Never. You're not using that language that's making him feel all, you know, spidey senses going off. And he's like, oh no, this guy is going to do something. Oh, he's trying there. to negotiate yeah, with me. I right. go, so I say- Perfect. So you sell with a real estate agent, you get 140, you then did da, 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 you have your repairs, whatever. So it sounds like you're probably trying to be around the 109 range in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I watch him ca- like see what I just did. And he goes, yeah, pro- honestly, like probably 109 in my pocket. I go, perfect. So I'm definitely not a buyer for you at 109. Yeah. So now I've got him to, he's given me a price. We've negotiated him down. Mm-hmm. So I go, I'm not a buyer for you, but I could probably help you find a buyer. It might take me six months to a year, mm-hmm. but I could maybe find a buyer at that number of 109. Right. And he goes, well, where would you guys want to be? Which by the way, is the truth. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Everything I do is not, I'm yeah. not playing games. There's no smoke and mirrors. It's truly how you should be talking to people. So what I told the guy, this is now maybe within the first four minutes, I go, well, I, we're definitely not a buyer at 109, mm-hmm. but I'd love to at least see the property and see if there's any potential I could float this by somebody else that would maybe come up to that 109, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not there. Mm-hmm. He says, well, what's your number? I go, not even close. And I, <laughs> I said, well, tell, what, tell, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. He goes, well, honestly, so now I've already beaten him down. In, the, in terms of like, I don't want to buy the house. So I've taken my sales cap off. Right. I'm not there to sell you anymore. Yeah. I've already told you I'm not your buyer. Right. So I said, well, since we're not even buying the house, why don't you tell me what you're trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. We find out he's got a lien on the property that he has to pay in like 30 days mm-hmm. and he can't afford it. It's like $18,000. And I go, perfect. So you have this going on. You have this much equity. I go, it sounds like if you sold this somewhere around $75,000, it'd probably solve all your problems. You'd be done with this. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, probably. And I go, then why wouldn't you just take an offer at seventy five grand? And he goes, honestly, I probably would. Just like that. That was literally, That doesn't happen. It happens Come all the time. On, that Every, doesn't happen. Sometimes it takes four minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour. Right. But it just kind of depends on how many puzzle pieces they have. Mm-hmm. And we, of course, he was never thinking about selling. They had cold called this guy. Right. And he was like, honestly, I took your call because I really needed to solve this problem. I go, well, it's a good thing we met. Yeah. Because we can solve that problem at that price. Love it. So they contracted. I think they contracted him at like 75. They sold it for like 99 grand. Right. I didn't make a penny on it. But I, w- I have a good story to tell. Yeah. Incredible. Now let's go back to when you ask, what will it take? And they go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is the fourth tool that I want to give everybody. You then go into why don't you? Yeah. You go into why don't you mode? Yeah. I'll say, why don't you list with a real estate agent? Right. I usually have already said that, but sometimes I'll push them that direction again, because sometimes pushing them away would bring them back, like showing them like, I'm not here to close. So let's just, let's lay the table out as what will it take 
for you to accept an offer? Is that a question you would ask? What will it take for you to I sell usually, this property? I usually whatever, say, you know well, I mean? what does it take for you to move forward? Okay. Right? So I'll say, what does it okay. take? And I'll say a lot and of times. And they time, go, I don't know. Right. Well, honestly, let's say it's a probate deal. Mm-hmm. And they, they say, honestly, I, I just did this the other day. Guys, and you guys know follow-up is key in this business. So mm-hmm. I, we're not always going in here and doing one meeting closes and one call closes. Sometimes it's three, four, five, six, ten conversations right. to gather all this stuff. Right. So let's say it's a probate situation. I just de- dealt with this. I don't bring a price. I have them bring a price. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, I go, so when you and your siblings got together on this property that you inherited, what was the price you guys came up with? Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't gotten that far yet. And I go, okay, well, then this would be a wasted conversation because you know we're not going to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do this? Let's set up a call next week where it's me, you, and maybe one of the other siblings, and you guys have accomplished what your price is, what your timeline is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then they know the expectation in my next call is, what are you trying to accomplish? Where are you trying to be? What if you blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So if they say, I don't know, and they truly have a reason why they don't know, right. because they have siblings they have to talk to in a, in a probate situation, mm-hmm. don't try and close them. Set the seed for the next conversation. However, if you're talking to the decision maker and they say, I don't know, I go, perfect. I start out not knowing a lot of things either. What will it take for you to know yep. that you're making the right decision? Yeah. And so I'll ask them, I say, let's say you can wave a magic wand. In two months, you've sold the house. Mm-hmm. Where would you live? Mm-hmm. And how much money is sitting in your pocket? Right. That's now the question I ask. And mm-hmm. I start unfolding and painting a picture of where they're going to be, where they're going to be living, and how much money they have in their pocket. Love it. And then I construct the deal backwards. And if they truly don't know, you start giving them options. Yeah, I'll give them Why options. Why don't you list it with an agent? Why don't you rent it out? Why don't you guys fix it up and sell it for a retail value of all these other, you know, beautiful renovated houses, right? Right. right. All of these things, like different options that they have. What's that game like you go to like an arcade and the little heads pop up and you pop them down? <laughs> the little gopher. Uh... Yeah, the gopher thing or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I'm the guy underneath popping those up. Yep. And then I'm behind them also gently having them hit it down with their own hammer. So um, what is, like, here is an agent. Oh, I don't want to go with an agent. I go, yeah, nobody likes agents. They're the freaking worst. In fact, I have agents that work for me. I feel like they don't do anything. Bob, Um. that's gone. (laughs) Next one. Well, why don't you guys do a renovation on the property? Oh, I don't know. You know, we don't know what we're doing. I go, yeah, you know, honestly, people trying to do the renovation their own end up paying double, triple, going through the thing and blah, 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 blah. And at the end, they don't make any more money. In fact, they hate each other and lose family members over it. Bam! Right? And you go through all these things. And then I also say something like, well, why, you know, I know you've talked to these other investors. Why haven't you accepted one of their offers? Yeah. And they'll say, well, I don't know. I'm kind of gathering offers. Okay. Well, how do you know? How do you know you got the right offer? Mm-hmm. So again, I'm still consulting, asking questions. I pop up now the wholesaler mm-hmm. and I go, great. So what would an investor need to put on their contract? To make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, you know, da, 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 da. and they go, oh, that doesn't sound legit. Bah! And I'll kill that too. So I let them bring all that stuff up mm-hmm. if they say, I don't know. Right. What if this? Well, what if that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why aren't you blah, 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 blah. And then I utilize that as a way to bump. And then at the end of the day, the only head left standing is the one in the middle, which is my head. Right. Here's the final question that I ask them. Mm-hmm. I now am already on their team. I already know we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I say, well, then what are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Because this is the thing, guys. This is so important. All four of these things come down to you're not building rapport. You are building a bit of a relationship. 
But the ultimate rapport is collaboration. Mm -hmm. This is collaboration. He's getting it to the point. He's asking all of these questions so you can be on the same team. Where are the puzzle pieces? What is the puzzle supposed to look like? Can I help you assemble the puzzle? Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do with the puzzle when it's all done? Right. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. And what happens is I think when you first start, you're sitting in there asking questions like, what's your price and this, that, and the other. And I remember going through training a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I went through training that was like taking a clipboard and you need to like basically in a very polite way, make fun of their house. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Like, oh, I know. Oh, oh. Oh, it looks like a new roof. Looks like that. How old is that air conditioning unit? And they know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not, you're not being a consultant. You're not helping them put a puzzle together. You're downplaying or you're making fun of their situation. Mm -hmm. You can learn one word today. Mm -hmm. The word I would want somebody to learn is empathy. Love it. Empathy. Yeah. If you are an empath, I'm an empath. Like Mm -hmm. I have a problem actually. When I know somebody has a problem, that problem becomes my problem. Right. That's why one of the reasons I'm such a good closer is because I get sucked into people's world mm-hmm. and then I start going, okay, well, what are we going to do here? We got to solve this problem, buddy. Mm-hmm. Let's go, buddy. Let's go, buddy. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're like, wow, I'm running this race with pace. This mm-hmm. is awesome. When I go on other investors' appointments with them and I'm just shadowing them and watching them, yeah. the seller's bringing up these things about my kid has this disability and da, 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 da. And then you skirt past it and you start making fun of how her kitchen looks like shit. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, you just missed Everything. the most important, more important part. Yep. Right. Yep. Empathy. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I don't think that it's it's necessarily people don't have the empathy. I think that people are worried about what they're going to say next. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't feel confident. They don't have some of these things that you've learned. Right. That's why we're giving you the, these tools right now to practice and use it and get out there and do that. Because I think a lot of times we're stuck in our head thinking, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. And you kind of miss the whole things. If you're thinking about what you're going to say next, it's hard for you to listen. Right. You know what I mean? That's why I think it's important, you know, even going in with something like a pen. And a I pen was just going to say this. Thing and so, really like understanding and listening and going through it and going, okay, I got it. And while, while you're starting out. I would when you're starting 100% out. agree with that so wholeheartedly. If you're going to write things down, you don't write things down to make fun of their house. No. You write things down about what's going on and you take mm-hmm. notes. So what you do if you're brand new is you say, do you mind if I take notes? And if you're on the phone and you're doing this sure. um, virtually, then you don't really, you can pause. Yeah. You pause. Uh, okay, Tim, hold on just a second. Let me write that down. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that when I talk to my partner, I've got this all straight. Yep. Okay, great. And now what you're doing is you're not trying to solve problems or do anything like that on that call. Mm-hmm. You then get somebody maybe you've localized or squatted up with, and you go, hey, I got this list of 15 problems that seller's going through. Can you help me get on the next call to provide the value? Right. I tell my students, and I know TTPers are encouraged to do this too, mm-hmm. go screw up. You need to screw up and create a bunch of problems that you bring back to somebody else and say, help me solve this. This right. is why people take mentorships from yep. TTP, yep. is because they know they can come back to the mentorship and say, I have these problems. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Facebook group because I'm a TTP alumni. It's amazing what people bring back to the table and go, I have these issues. And other students who are more experienced are like, yeah. it's like, okay, I got 42 really good answers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you can't get that when you're so, I call those people Han Solo. You can't be Han Solo yeah. and take over the evil dark empire. Right. You have to assemble a team. Yep. And don't be Han Solo. You need to bring the, the team together. Love it. Love it. 
Absolutely incredible, guys. Listen to this again if you didn't catch it. Write down all four of those. Catch me up to speed. What are you hoping to accomplish? What will it take slash what if? And why don't you? Absolutely powerful. These are things that you can start implementing right now. I know that the synapses in your brain are firing like crazy right now because you're like, I can use this. I know I can use this. This is so good. Your schedule, real quick. Let's touch on it. What time do you wake up? Um, I naturally wake up between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning. That's not natural. Well, I mean, I, when I say that, it's people like, oh, man, what alarm clock do you use that like, right. wakes you up? I'm like, I don't need an alarm clock. What time do you go to bed? Uh, usually 10. So I'll get like five hours of sleep, solid five And that's hours. enough? Not always. I don't want to lie and tell people that I'm always refreshed. Right. I just have so much ambition that I'm like, the only time that I can have uninterrupted right. answering emails with full, like, I, I don't want to... Email. Right. I want to answer an email to people with respect and take yeah. five minutes to answer an email right. or get back to my text messages from the day before that I missed. Because obviously I have my phone here. It's upside down. If somebody calls me, I know it's an emergency because yeah. most people don't have my cell phone number. Right. But I then go through my Instagram DMs, my Facebook, my whatever, and I look at everything I have going on. And then I take the information. I put it into my calendar. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going to be, what I'm doing all day long. Yep. And here's why. I hate being told what to do and where to go. Mm-hmm. But I also learned a long time ago that if I don't have, um, it's that old adage, what does it say? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall, fall for, for everything. everything. Yep. If I don't have a schedule planned out, then I will let the universe pull me every which way. Mm-hmm. And so I time block everything in blue blocks. Mm-hmm. If it's a red block, it's do not interrupt that. If you say- Sacred time. Sacred time. Yep. So my team all has access to my calendar as well. If they see it's blue, and they know that it's an elevated thing. Like, let's say it's blue. It says, Pace is going to stop by the office and do blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. My team says, Pace has an appointment with mm-hmm. the seller that the acquisition team is having a hard time to close. They know to turn that red and put me in that appointment. Love it. So I set my day, and I allow people to adjust my schedule. It doesn't happen that often. Maybe one adjustment per day. But I set my schedule, and then I know what I can say no to on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I know... Like this morning, I made a list this long of things I need to accomplish today before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I time blocked all of that stuff out. Yep. And as annoying as it is, I put my phone down. I stopped doing anything. People think I'm on Instagram all the time. I'm probably on Instagram 15 minutes a day. I'm just so quick and fast at it. Yep. So everything is put out and nothing deviates me from my day. However, when it does, at the end of the day, I'm like, I just wasted four hours of my day. Right. Because I let something, I said yes to something I shouldn't have said yes to. Yeah. What I should say is I say yes, but it needs to be in three days. Mm-hmm. Right? And here's the thing. You also are sitting there looking at your calendar, knowing and realizing how much dead space you have. So here's what my day looks like. And you Look, hate dead space. Oh, it gives me anxiety. Yeah. I'm not, I have all this list of things to do. People need my help. People are asking for this. Why did I lose an hour See, of my I day? I love action. I love the action. Every single TTP family member has my cell phone number. Right. right? Like, I love the action. I love being in it. I love the silence. I don't know of I it, could the, ever the, let go the, of it. The, the just chilling, the whatever. It's just, maybe I know, I know crazy. what, I know what it is. It's nothing about craziness. And I, the older I get, the more cocky I get in, okay. the, in this position. Okay. I feel like the universe gave me a set of gifts and it's my responsibility to exercise those gifts and you're the same exact person. And if I feel like I'm not exercising those gifts, I get this high anxiety of like, I'm wasting my time. I just gave up a day of my life and da, 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 da. Now, Mm family-wise, this is the balance that people want to know about. I have a wife and kids. Guys, if you haven't gotten your wife on the same page with you as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. that's a big step you got to take. But 3.30 
to six o'clock in the morning is pace time. Nobody right. bothers me. Right. Six o'clock to seven o'clock, I typically do one-on-one calls, mm-hmm. but now I'm doing it with my bookkeeper and other people on the East Coast because sure. now they're three hours ahead of me. Yep. Seven o'clock to 8.30, family time. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half in the morning, every single day. And then basically the rest of the day is work stuff that I fill in. Zooms with my students, appointments, raising private capital, going to construction projects, everything yep. that you could ever imagine. Yep. Well, anyway, at, at nighttime, I spend three hours with my family. So every day I'm four and a half hours with my family, just about every day. And then yeah. Sunday, half day is all family. Right. So I you have work Saturdays. I work I love to work Saturday. My wife goes with me though, because she's my real estate agent. So we go to drop by properties. It's so funny because you guys came up. So Jamil Damji, obviously, if you guys don't know, he's the third part of the wholesale hotline host. Right. And we had talked about like doing like a powwow, you, me, and him at my cabin in Flagstaff, really going over and just really trying to deep dive not only our businesses, but our goals and what we want to do with our lives and all these things. And and Jamil's like, no, there's no way. Pace will be out in the streets getting a <laughs> getting a deal from some pre foreclosure that he pulls up on his. Uh, I'll be like, we're in Flagstaff. Who wants to go on an appointment? Let's right. go. Yeah. But so um, like this morning, I spent an hour on the phone with my attorney. Yeah. What happened is I'm going to create a series on my YouTube channel called, So You Want to Be a Millionaire. I love it. And it's going to be all the nasty stuff that you have to deal with. But sure. it's also fun stuff. Yeah. So I have a seller that we contracted three weeks ago. We were going to make $37,000 on an assignment on this deal. Pretty decent deal. Yeah. Somebody I know watched a live stream of mine, got the address, yep. went to the seller, yep. snaked me, yep. and did what's called a tabletop closing yep. outside of title. Right. Transfer deed, gave the guy cash, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I get on the phone with my attorney. I go, what do we want to oh do? And he goes, gosh. he goes, so they're already closed. Seller's got his money. And he goes, I think it's going to be about $10,000 to litigate this guy. And I go, okay, I want to litigate the seller and I want to litigate the buyer. And I want to put a Liz pendants on the property, which means pending lawsuit in oh. Greek. So I'm going to put a pending lawsuit on the house and I'm going to do a whole 10 part YouTube series about what does it look like to sue somebody that snakes you. Mm -hmm. My cost is 10 grand, but I will have damages. I've never lost one of these lawsuits. I've won all six of the ones that I've had to go through. So I know I'll get my money back. And this is like nothing you have to worry about in your first five years of being in business. But when you start doing a ton of volume, you have these issues where you get a buyer that snakes you. And you go, that sucks. I lost out on that. I don't have the money to defend myself, but I'm luckily in a position I can't. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to document it called, so you want to be a millionaire, watch these 10 part vi- video series about how I sue this guy over the next year. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Awesome. Let's do That's all I want to do. Same thing as you. I just want to do real estate, hang out, teach people, help people do deals with each other. Like it's the absolute most fun position to be in. It's the best. I don't know why everybody doesn't just quit their job and get into wholesaling real estate. That's it. Well, (laughs) people are trying to do it. People are working. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a tiny, tiny minority that has found this, has that pilot light inside them that wants to be a real estate investor. And I love them for it. So, and I know you do too. Or else the best. Awesome. You're the man. Thanks for having me on. And for anybody interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check it out. Scroll down. If it feels good, 
in your gut. Sign up for a call. It'll either be with me or my right-hand guy, and I look forward to that. So We all start, guys, everybody starts with the TTP family, okay? We yeah. all are a TTP alumni. I'm in it. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. <laughs> and when I found out about it, I was like, I don't need a call. Sign me up. Whatever it takes, yeah. I want to be in. So, guys, join the TTP alumni. You'd be in with me and yeah. a lot of other very successful investors who started being afraid to talk to sellers and now are freaking dynamos, dude. That's it. Love it. Awesome, bro. Awesome. Thank you. As always, I encourage you guys to talk to people. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.